I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With us, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. Georgia wins over Kentucky 14-3. And... Uh, can't say we didn't we didn't see it coming. Uh, nobody's happy with it, and uh, understand why. Uh, two more turnovers, another fumble that Georgia was fortunate enough to get on. Uh, only fourteen points after scoring zero in the second half against Alabama two weeks ago. There's a lot of fallout from that. We'll we'll kind of discuss those frustrations and Georgia's quarterback situation and how that game went. And then we're going to jump right into Florida on the second half of the show. Uh, normally we kind of touch on the next opponent but this isn't just the next opponent this is georgia florida this is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and uh there's no tailgating this year but it doesn't mean we're not going to treat it exactly the same because the stakes are high georgia's a a five point favorite some places four and a half point favorite in other places that's pretty shocking considering everything that happened in that Kentucky game. And uh Rusty before we get into injuries and before we get into the uh, which includes Richard LeCount. And I want to go ahead and say this because I know Rusty feels this way and I know Kip feels this way. So glad that he's okay after, after a multiple automobile accident and, and he was on a dirt bike. Um, you know, he's responsive. He's, he's recovering. He's healing. That's a good thing. Could not care less about when he may be back or anything like that. Just glad he's expected to make a full recovery and hope he does so. Um, but uh, before we talk about any of those injuries and how they may affect Georgia against Florida, Rusty, what was your overall impression of the game? What did you take away from it? You know, I heard it used this morning. It was um, survive and move on. Now, you know, that's not what anybody wants to hear, and that's not a sexy way to win a game. And um, certainly I I made my point on the board. I don't think the way Georgia played on Saturday – is going to get it done this week. I don't think it'll get it done in the, um, you know, the bigger games as well. But, you know, it was an ugly win. And I know the the saying is you never apologize for a win, and that's true. You never apologize for a win, but you you know there's bigger things down the line for Georgia. And the defense, um, what can we say? I mean, what can we say we haven't said about the defense? I mean, they're, they'll, they'll smother you. Uh, they did Kentucky. Kentucky really never – uh, pressed them. I mean, they, you know, a young man making his first start in college, Joey Gatewood, for them, it just, it, it, you know, we we all said, just don't think they can score, and they didn't score a touchdown. So, offensively, uh, I know that there's been some questions on the board, and I'll, I'll say it for, for my opinion. I think that somebody needs to get some reps to see what someone else can do. Because right now, you know, I said this, we could only we learn so much about Stetson Bennett every week. The first couple of weeks where we get ten quarters, we had two in Arkansas, Auburn, and Tennessee. And I thought in those ten quarters, he was at least a B plus. Okay, if you're giving a grade, 
you look at the last six quarters, it's not good. So as a staff, I think you've got to go back and say, hey, what are we, you know, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? We come off a bye week. Maybe some things you try to change didn't work. So, you know, we all know the pulse of our board. I think at times they feel like we're taking up. We're not taking up for anybody. And we understand there's bigger goals for this team than beating Kentucky 14-3. to But at the end of the day, we can only report what we know. And every day, Jake, you get asked who's running number one reps. And you say Stetson, and people come unglued. I mean, it's not, we're not making coaching changes. Okay. We're only reporting. And I think that's something we've got to clear up from the, from the last couple of weeks. And I said it last week in an Ask Rusty chat. I said, I feel like this is Stetson Bennett's team because everything that Jake is reporting and everything I'm hearing, he continues to get the number one reps. And he did. And he played every single minute Saturday. So until we hear something different, this is Stetson Bennett's team, and that's what we're here to report. I want to clear up a few things with that. It came out of that chat last week. I think people um, take that as we're endorsing that note. We are reporting what we know, and what we know is clearly um, everything we've seen in reps is that um, Stetson Bennett, this is his team right now. Kirby has said that after the game. Jake, I think you'll touch on that a little bit, but Maybe got off the subject a little bit. That's kind of where I wanted to to start, to touch a few things, and and, and some and some uh, thoughts about Kentucky. Yeah, and I want to respond to that too. Uh, you know, I, I would even go as far as to give them twelve quarters because the first half against Alabama, I mean, you're a tip pass away from a very clean half, and even his mistakes in that game, the two balls he overthrew in the red zone, actually ended up helping Georgia a little bit. Um, I mean, well, you can you can say it helped them. The Alabama still ended up being able to kick a field goal before the half, but you know, it ran more clock. He, you know, that was one of his ugliest drives of the day uh, in terms of missed open receivers was right there before the half. But you know, twelve quarters of pretty solid football. I mean, football that that you you feel like if you get it consistently, Georgia's going to be in and have a chance to win every single ball game. But Rusty. Kip, if Stetson Bennett is going to turn it over five times in two games and put two more footballs on the ground that Georgia was fortunate enough to recover, there's very little appeal to him as the quarterback. And and I don't say that as a slight to Stetson like he's being careless and he's being, you know, foolish or anything. Man, listen, he I have a lot of respect for him because you know, he he chose to go to Georgia over some other offers to to bet on himself and and you know be um, a walk on. He he left, did some good things at junior college, got bit with the turnover bug there too, but came back to Georgia, betting on himself again on scholarship, and then he stepped in for Georgia in a time of need. He's played his tail off. He's he's the kind of guy you know after the game. You know, he, he was asked explicitly about the offense and the struggles, and he said, I thought thought that everybody played great except for me. And, you know, so that, that kind of candor sometimes is something I thought was missing at times for Jake Fromm. You know, I mean, Jake Fromm would – he was kind of more of a – Jake was just kind of more of a printed statement type guy whenever he spoke to the media. Like, it was all rehearsed almost. And Stetson's a little bit more candid, and, and I can appreciate that about him. I, I really can. But right now, um, it's 
is just not working at quarterback for him. And and one of two things has got to happen. He's either got to get it fixed and get it fixed in a hurry and get it fixed while everything on fire is everything on around him is on fire uh, as far as the fan base and everything else. And he's got to kind of block that out and 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 get better or Georgia's going to have to make a change. And and I said it after the game, I, you got to consider retooling a little bit of the quarterback situation. What I mean by that is 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 kind of multifaceted because you know, I don't necessarily say uh well you got to you get just got to make a change. You know, I, I'm not I, I'm not saying that shouldn't happen because I I just don't know. There, there there's another thing at play here and it's that Georgia's coaching staff has seen them throw if if they've seen him throw a thousand times, they've seen him throw a thousand times more than I have, and and that's that's just the way it is. Um, but a change, uh, a, a challenger, you know, as far as first team reps this week, uh, a package, uh, a change of pace, something you got to figure something out at quarterback to maybe take some of the pressure off of him. Because he, here's another thing I've got to point to, guys: Stetson Bennett's running backs have given him about five yards a carry. Over the last two games, he still turned it over five times. He still fumbled twice, and been the, the, the other teams and George has been able to get on it both times. Uh, one time he did it himself, but that's you know that if there was just nothing working and he was having to force it and had it all on his shoulders, it'd be one thing. But that's not the case. And uh, I know he didn't have pickings on Saturday. I know Kentucky kind of took some things away, and and you know it wasn't all on him, um, but a lot of it was. And and he's got to play better, or Georgia's got to make a change, or Jake, or get somebody Jake, else involved. Jake Kip, let me ask you this, and maybe this is something just quick, if it's not. But when you look at the Auburn and Tennessee game, and after we saw the sample size against Arkansas, I had a feeling on third down, like every third down, Stetson Bennett's gonna make a play. He was either gonna hit Karis Jackson, he was gonna hit Fitzpatrick, he was gonna make a play with his legs, anything like that. I have very little confidence in what is going on right now with him on third downs. And y'all get that vibe because I'm, did you have that vibe and now don't have it? Because I just said to myself, you know, in those games, like this kid, whatever the heck is going on with him, man, third down does not scare him. And third downs right now with him and, and, and George is more predictable at times with that. I'm just not, I'm just not seeing it. We, we've seen enough of Stetson Bennett to kind of have something to go on. And I think really under Todd Monken so far, he's been a better quarterback on first down, uh, whether it's play action. I mean, just getting the ball downfield. I, you know, I was going to give my reaction to this game. It was kind of a, a good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, starting off with the ugly obviously would be that some people are going to say that I jinxed this team coming off the last pod by saying that, there are teams that have handled, you know, that COVID has affected a lot more than Georgia. It wasn't COVID, but definitely the injury bug hit heavy and, and often on Saturday. And that's going to play a big role this week as we had in the Florida. That was definitely the ugly. The bad was Stetson Bennett's vision. He just does not see the field, you know, as well as, as you want him to. And people are going to talk about the height. It's not just the height. It's just that he is not seeing – you know, he's not seeing his check down. He is, he is locking in the receivers. It, it is definitely a decision-making and, and mechanics issue because you, you look at that first interception. I mean, he, he didn't have his feet set. You know, he stepped into the path of the defender. 
and you had Kirschek's and coming across the field, you know. And so while the play execution wasn't good, the decision was, you know, it, it, it was really bad. And and then again, that that second interception, you, you could say that Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, you could say that he, you know, he stopped the route, but at the time that Stetson made that throw, you know, Rosemi was he wasn't open yet. There, I mean, he he was still kind of battling with the defender they were they were basically kind of you know at a draw there so and on that play you know check the ball down you know you have you have a clean pocket right there just step up and and, and check the ball down and he, he did not do that so that's that's multiple plays where it's 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 not bad at balls weren't an issue in this game and you could tell that that was kind of an emphasis this week that wasn't something that really affected his ability to get the ball to his playmakers. And, and so, you know, that, that, that was kind of an issue that we've seen enough now to know that Stetson's decision-making is, is starting to leave a lot to be desired, but also I'm not completely locked into the fact that Stetson can't be utilized just a little bit better. Now I know that, you know, the voice of the fans right now is who else is there? And while Jake has mentioned that, you know, and you've mentioned that other quarterbacks should get a look, get reps, see what they have. I don't know if Kirby Smart's going to be ready just to go in. I mean, I feel pretty confident. He's not going to go into Jacksonville with the quarterback making his first start. I mean, there is a strong chance that doesn't happen. But at the same time, this is this is a week you've seen enough that you need to have another quarterback as ready as possible if things aren't going well on Saturday at the same time, I think that Stetson Bennett, there are ways to utilize him and, and have a better flowing offense. And I think we saw it, you know, on, on that option when they got close to the end zone, when he kept the ball and ran it in clean. I mean, you got to use the legs a little bit more. I think that he is at his best whenever he's able to do that, whenever he, he's able to be mobile and whether it's making plays outside the pocket, you know, you, utilizing him as a runner as long as he can actually you know have some ball security and not and not put the ball on the ground I think you can you can make more plays with that and then at the same time I think Kentucky you know knowing that George Pickens wasn't on the field I mean they I mean they were they knew that pushing the ball downfield was not going to be something that's in George's playbook a lot in this game. And, and I think that, you know, that helped him a lot. And I think that's going to be another key this week is if they, he has George Pickens, you know, even though he has not been utilized a lot this year, that still is something that Florida will have to, to look at and they'll have to keep in mind. And that still helps George's offense overall. And also I think play action on first down was, was very strong in this game. Uh, one of those interceptions was on that. But still, I thought that he, he played really well throwing the ball in first down. I think he had 100, 100 of his passing yards, uh, I think, were play action on, on first down. And I think that they did a great job utilizing that. And also, as we've said throughout the show, I mean, throughout previous pods, James Cook is an outstanding receiver. I mean, he, he led Georgia in catches in this last game, and, and he – did a great job utilizing his hands in, in this Kentucky game and continuing to show that asset of his game is very strong and something that they can continue to use moving forward. 
Uh, I mean, this is the good portion of the good, bad, and ugly. I think James Cook, again, had a great game. We've said it all along, and I think Jake said this multiple times. Zamir White just seems to get better the more carries he gets in the game. And, you know, I said in the pot, I thought that this was a game that where you just keep feeding Zamir White and and see what he does. And as the game went on, I mean, he got a ton of yards after contact. And uh, it even looked like he was surprised on that 22-yard uh, touchdown run that no one was going to touch him. He almost fell. He just he burst through the line, and, and it just looked like you could see a little bit of surprise as he leaned forward, and, and, and no one touched him. And he, you know, kind of ran into the end zone. He was, you know, he was just prepared for for somebody to try to tackle him, and, and no one really got to him. I think that you see now that if, if you continue to get him carries, he can wear down a defense in third and fourth quarter and he can, he can have another, you know, he can have a hundred yards, a uh, hundred more yards rushing and be, you know, a very, very strong part of your offense. And finally, I think a healthier Trey McKitty does help Georgia's offense tremendously. And him and Darnell Washington, as far as, you know, run blockers, what, when Darnell, he had some mental lapses in the game as a blocker, but those guys did an outstanding job, you know, as run blockers in that game, and they are key parts of this offense, in my opinion. I mean, Darnell, obviously, huge target in the passing game, uh, but I thought those two guys had an outstanding game just from a run blocking uh, perspective and really helped Georgia kind of establish, you know, that line of scrimmage, get into the second level, setting the edge, did an outstanding job there. And, and those are areas where I think that moving forward, Georgia can, can play better offensively. And, and the, the score didn't look great, but I think that there still is, you know, points being left on the board that, that Georgia can go back, look at cleanup and perform better. But as you guys said, overall, when it comes to decision-making, which is the key, which is what, Kirby Smart's kind of mentioned as far as what he, he needs from his quarterback. Um, you can't turn the ball over like that. You can't make the decisions that, that that he made, and you have to start preparing for the possibility that he this might be something that happens in, in key games. And, I mean, Kirby Smart said after the game that he wasn't going to overreact to one poor decision. It's making those multiple times it gets concerning. And he says, at the end of the day, we've got to play the guy that gives us the best chance to win. And we are at a moment now where you have to start thinking about whether Stetson Bennett is going to to be that guy when they are tested, you know, by by strong by better defenses. And I, I mean, Todd Grantham's defense, people can talk about, you know, third down all they want to, but they are coming off a strong performance and they are aggressive and they're going to put people instead of Bennett's face. So I think we are kind of at that key moment in the season and really one of the big key moments in Kirby Smart's career where he's going to have to make some some really, really important decisions for where Georgia goes in the season. Uh, getting back to Rusty's point uh, about the third down thing, um, 100% agree with that, Rusty, because um, and I'm going to weave in kind of Kip's point about batted balls not being an issue in this game. I, I don't think they were as big of an issue in this game. There was one, and it was an issue, but he only threw the ball 13 times. I think if you go out there and throw it 27 more times like you did against Alabama, you're probably looking at three or four more batted balls. But um, I, I think that that 
third down has probably had a lot to do with scouting, and Kirby denied that was the case after the game. But I think teams are taking the middle of the field away from Stetson Bennett, and and you know they they tried they did the same thing last year with uh, with Jake Fromm that they took the taking the middle of the field away from a quarterback is not that hard whenever you can't win on the outside and when you can't win big on the outside. And, uh, and, and, and Stetson hasn't proven that he can do that, so teams are able to take it away from him. And, and I think teams kind of took their chances, even though Jake Fromm had had more success on the outside. I think they took the middle of the field away from him last year because they wanted to play the run and kind of keep Georgia from being able to, to get something going with the interior run game because that really just kind of collapses everything. Um, but when, when you talk about Georgia's offense, I mean, Kip, you hit on some really good points there with, with the run game and, and, and James Cook emerging in the passing game. George Pickens being out, obviously, is a big part of everything. But I still think it just it just kind of all funnels back to the quarterback spot. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that anybody's really brought it up but you, Kip. But the whole idea of getting Stetson outside the pocket, there's a good example in that game. And it's on the first drive when Stetson is the first pass attempt Georgia had of the game. He goes play action. He gets out to the edge. And he didn't make a bad decision with the football. He got out there where he could see what was going on with with routes designed to kind of match him as a quarterback who's moving out of the pocket. And he wanted to throw it, but he didn't. And, and it, if you, unless you have the all-22, you don't know what he was looking at there. But he just kept it for a two-yard gain. And that is is a big part of what you can do when you're outside the pocket. I know sometimes it's kind of hard because a lot of times you have to leave a guy unblocked. But um, if you're running the ball effectively, there should be no reason why you can't use more of that or or just roll the pocket in general and and give him the original run pass option um, that that has been around for ages. Uh, but but Rusty, one thing I will point to on that third down thing is I'm seeing a pattern here. I'm seeing a willingness to check the ball down before the chains on third down and and the lack of willingness to do it on first and second down, which, as as I've heard many times, is bass backwards. It's completely backwards because if you're a quarterback, you want to be willing to check the ball down on first or second down. Don't go broke making a profit. Jake Fromm said that, but uh, it was around long before he was. He definitely didn't coin that, even though I've seen some people kind of credit it to him, but it's not the case. I think Brian Schottenheimer used it before him and so on and so on. But uh, that you can't do that. You, you, I mean, if, if you're going to – obviously, you don't want to discourage a quarterback from checking the ball down on third down, but you can't be more willing to do it on third than you are first and second. Because if you throw the thing in front and the guy just gets three or four yards, that functions as a part of the run game. And uh, another thing I, I've noticed that you haven't really seen much from George, you saw it in the Auburn game. I can't recall seeing it since. You don't see the jet sweep stuff, kind of keeping teams honest and making them believe that they've got to follow the jet sweep and pay attention to it. Um, maybe that's because Georgia doesn't really have that speedster at wide receiver right now. Maybe you use D-Rob in that role. Um, but there, there are just some a lot of other things. But let's jump into a break here real quick. And on the other side, guys, we're going to start with injuries and kind of how those may affect Georgia against Florida. And, uh, and we're going to kind of break down the game against the Gators. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, 
or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Rusty, you've, uh, you came through with the info this morning. Um, just- Unfortunately. But yeah, I, I mean, huge losses for Georgia up on the on the defensive line, and still some question marks elsewhere. Just give us the rundown. The ones that we do know about, the ones we we put on put up on the site this morning with Jordan Davis and Julian Rochester, and obviously Richard Lee counts out. Uh, Jake, you reported on Sunday. You think Ben Cleveland's going to be back? And I'm kind of hearing that. Don't know anything about Quay Walker. I uh, don't anything about George Pickens at this time. You know. The concerning part is is two players, three players to me. Jordan Davis is he's a difference maker. There's a reason there's some NFL projections that he's a first rounder or an early second rounder because he's an athletic, powerful big man, double team every single play. He also can rush the passer. If Jordan Davis and no human at his size could do it, could play three downs the entire game for every series, he would never come off the field because Georgia don't have one like him right now. They've got some outstanding defensive linemen, but for what they do and the role they need him to do, he is he is absolutely the fit. Now, you look at the safety position and you look at Richard LeCount and not being there, and you got Lewis Seen who looks like he's going to try to go. Maybe he's hundred not 100%. But, guys, we're staring down the freak of freaks this week with Kyle Pitts if I'm Georgia. And I went back and watched like three series last year. And I'm just going to be honest, we originally count couldn't handle it. So they tried to body him up a little bit with Tyreek Stevenson, which that, that, I guess that's what they're going to try to do. I'm not real sure how they're going to do this. But Florida does a tremendous job of getting him stacked, motion. They do a great job of getting him the ball and getting him in the matchup they want to get him in. So, you know, when I look at this thing just from right now, when you look at ben, when you look at Jordan Davis and then LeCount out, and then you look at Lewis Seen, maybe not 100%, that is, that is dangerous territory based off what you're facing this weekend because those safeties 
were going to be so big. I mean, you know, you look at Tony and how how explosive he is and what they do. Georgia's fast on defense. They're very fast. They're going to be able to close a little, little more than, you know, they throw a bubble against Missouri, and it took a while for somebody to get there. You don't see that against Georgia. Okay, so they're going to – he's going to get his plays, but I, I feel like Georgia can match up there. But I, I, I right now, sitting here on a Monday morning, I'm not sure how Georgia tries to match up with Kyle Pitts because this guy has gotten better than last year. Uh, he's bigger, he's faster. It's a problem, Jake. There's no doubt about it. And I agree with the outside of Richard LeCount breaking up a pass. I think it was a fourth down pass on the first drive of the game. Um, they didn't really have an answer. And they, yeah. they, they, yeah. they, they did get it figured out a little bit as the game went on. Um, you know, I, I look at this injury situation like this. is there, There's so many of them that it does hurt. I think it would hurt more if Florida had that dangerous ground game element that dangerous between the tackle element they don't right now and uh you know obviously you know losing jordan davis is massive because i mean you look at the florida game last year one of the, maybe the biggest play of the game was jordan davis sacking kyle trask for like a 19 yard loss and getting held in the process and putting florida behind the chains jordan davis gives you a first and second down pass rush when he's in the game i mean he's he's a big time player and and uh, that that's a big Julian Rochester not being in there is also big because he's a veteran played a lot. Dude's played fifty one games at Georgia, fifty one games. That's ridiculous. But but no no Julian Rochester done for the year. Um, you know I, I don't right now based on the indications I've gotten I don't feel confident Quay Walker is going to play this week. I think Lewis Seen may be able to. And and then one we're not even mentioning is Tyreek Stevenson who came off the game, came out of the game with around 30 seconds left, shaking out some cobwebs, and you don't know, you don't know how that worked out. Um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see what I can get from practice today, if he went or if he didn't. But, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia's got some pieces they can move around. If, if Lewis Seen's unable to go, then, then you're probably going to see Mark Webb or Stevenson at safety. But if if Stevenson's hurt, then who do you work at safety this week without anybody to work at the star nickel spot? Oh my! Goodness. And all all of a sudden, you know, you know, Tyreek McGee's out of out of eligibility. It'd be great to have him back right now if you're Georgia because he could just do a little bit of everything and do it well. You know, do it pretty well. I mean, nothing elite, but pretty well. Devod Wilson would be nice right now. Keely Ringo would be nice right now. It was the one thing that you kind of pointed to in the preseason with the losses. That, that might kind of hurt Georgia, and then everything was probably going to be okay if not for a freak off-the-field accident. But quite frankly, if you read the police report and, and look at the reports, it doesn't really uh, – it was not Richard LeCount's fault at all. It sounds like somebody turned in front of him. And, and, it was, uh, it was 100% not his fault. Yeah, so – Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you got all that stuff happening. It, it really is kind of a run of bad luck there. Um, but I do think Georgia can play defense at a high level, even with those losses. And, uh, you know, you, because you look at inside linebacker, if Quay Walker's unable to go and Monty Rice is limited, you know, Florida's a pass-heavy team, and Channing Tindall's a guy that can blitz and cover, and, and that's what you need. Doesn't play the run all that well. It's had some problem with run fits based on what I've been told, but he can, he can run, he can cover, he can blitz, he can do those things, maybe be able to help Georgia out there and give him some valuable snaps. You've got some young guys that really got their feet wet against a very good Kentucky offensive line last week, Nazir Stackhouse, 
Warren Brinson, Jalen Carter's been playing a ton all year. Um, I think the big concern is that safety spot. And, and you've got to have the flexibility to be able to get Mark Webb or Tyreek Stevenson back there at the safety spot beside Chris Smith if Lewis Seen's unable to go. Or, you know, and another thing you always deal with with an injury is even if it's, even if it's minor and, and the guy's able to go and he's at 95%, that thing's weaker and you turn an ankle in the first quarter of the game, then you've got to make an adjustment on the fly. So you have to get guys ready. Uh, Kip, what's your take on the injury situation? Is there anyone that particularly stands out to you? You know, I think, honestly, even if Georgia was healthy in this game, I think Kyle Pitts was going to be a huge issue. You look at that Notre Dame game last year and Cole Komet, I mean, he went for nine for 108 and a touchdown. It, it looked like, uh, you know, it looked like Ian Book was throwing to him on every play. And I, I think that's a situation just schematically Georgia's defense is kind of, you know, they've allowed tight ends – to, to kind of be productive against them even when when they're at their best. So I was going in I already knew that was that was kind of going to be an issue. But yeah, I, I I am looking at that that linebacker spot. I think that you saw some run fits from Kentucky that kind of gave Georgia issues when when they were you know having to to sub in some guys there at inside the linebacker. Um, I remember you know when you know Monty Rice was banged up, him having to come back into the game. You could kind of see it where, you know, there were some uglier plays. Georgia's run defense has been so strong. They, overall, they were strong in the game, but they had that one drive where you knew Kentucky was going to run, and I think it was like a 77-yard drive, and, and they were still able to, to crank out yardage. And while Damian Pierce hasn't really been like, you know, a, a, a breakaway guy, I think Kadarius Toney's really a guy that, you know, you have to you have to be kind of worried about that because Florida's going to try to, you know, to get him to the second level. And if, if you take a bad step against him, he's going to house it. And, and that's really a guy that I'm kind of looking at in this game, knowing that Kyle Pitts is probably going to have, again, a, a game very similar to Cole Komet. I mean, if he goes for 108 and a touchdown in this game, you might actually feel pretty good about it. So... Kadarius Tony is really a guy that Georgia's going to have to key in on. And I think on the plus side, I, I loved what I saw from N'Kobe Dean in that game against Kentucky. He did a great job just kind of shadowing Gatewood. And you look at Florida and and, and what, you know, they're, they're trying to do with Kyle Trask. Um, I, I think, you know, kind of turning it around and just saying that good news for Georgia. I mean, Kyle Trask was the Florida's leading rusher against Missouri, six carries for 47 yards. You know, this, this is a game that really bodes, you know, should feature N'Kobe Dean on this defense. And he's not going to have the, the big guys in front of him that, that, you know, he's been used to having. And so it's going to be a real key for him to be able to kind of roam free untouched and find the ball carrier, you know, whether it's Tony or, or whether it's Kyle Trask, I think this game is a big game for him. Could be his coming out party nationally. Uh, but regardless, I think he's the guy that you really want to, to, you know, make a lot of plays coming out of this game, you know, potentially with a game-changing play or two. I just think that, you know, it really tracks well for him and – I think that even with the injuries, I think this is his time to shine and kind of step up and, and 
make a name for himself as 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 one of the the young stars of this defense. It was formerly the no name defense. He needs to become that name for Georgia moving forward with with a lot of guys not being able to suit up for the dogs. Two huge positives from the injury front, though, uh, is that one. Georgia is completely whole at outside linebacker and defensive end when that's big for the pass rush because, you know, you look at Aziz Ojolari, Nolan Smith, Jermaine Johnson, Adam Anderson, Trayvon Walker, and Malik Herring. You're going to have to get pressure on Florida to thwart that passing game. That's just how it is. And Georgia's whole at cornerback. I mean, you know, DJ Daniel didn't play a ton um, against Kentucky, uh, but but he should be back. Should be feeling a lot more healthy. And then you've got uh, you've got uh, uh, Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes uh, playing at a high level there as well. So that should help him out. Obviously, also you got Chris Smith, who was challenging for playing time last week, uh, was getting some first team reps. So he's a guy that can step in at one of those safety positions. And and that kind of and, and and that kind of leads me to to kind of our final. Uh, little segment topic, whatever you want to call it for today. And it's what needs to happen this week. And I'm going to go ahead and jump in with this. You got to get somebody ready to play safety. Um, whether Lewis Seen is able to go or not, you got to get somebody ready. And I, and I think Stevenson and Webb have both worked there. And I think that's got to be priority number one is, uh, is, fi- is getting one of those guys ready to kind of handle, to kind of work, work on Kyle Pitts uh, to fit against the run, to to play deep coverage, to do all those things because if if you know you're going to be without Richard LeCount and if Lewis Seen is not 100 percent healthy, which I very much doubt he'll be, very few players are this time of year. Um, then then one of those guys has to be ready to step in and play major minutes, and that's what you got to do. I think the defensive line can can hold its own. It's not going to be what it has been. Um, with Jordan Davis there in the middle, but I do think that that Jalen Carter, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson, uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt, um, you, you may see Malik Herring and 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 Trayvon Walker get on the field at the same time, some to kind of offset the losses there on the defensive line. But I think those guys are are talented enough and good enough against the against an offense that doesn't really dominate you in the run game that doesn't scare you a ton in the run game and I and, and I'm not saying that to say Florida Florida's amazing on offense don't get me wrong but run game is not their forte they're a pass heavy team 56 percent of the time uh, regardless of the situation and that's with kind of having some leads late in games and 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 probably running it a little bit more. So I, I just think in crunch time, Florida is going to be a team that's probably going to be closer to 60, 65, maybe even 70% pass, and Georgia can get by there. But you got to get somebody ready to play safety. Rusty, what needs to happen for Georgia this week in, in terms to, when it comes to beating Florida? Uh, well, you go back and look at the last two years, Jake, and it's been third down. Um, Jake Fromm, what he did third down against Florida the last two years, you know Grantham's going to bring it, and he's going to bring it from all areas. Um, you go back two years ago to that ball he threw to Jeremiah Holloman. Uh, you go back to last year, the the uh, misdirection basically play. Um, they ran to Lawrence Cager. It was wide open, caused some confusion in the uh, Florida secondary. So you got to hit those big plays. Um, I certainly think it's going to take more than 14 points. But, you know, looking at Georgia's um, success the last couple of years, it's definitely been on third down the offensive side of the ball and being able to create turnovers, uh, specifically last year with Felipe Franks. But uh, we'll see this year, or two years ago with Felipe Franks. So we'll see this year, uh, very experienced offensive side of the ball, got a lot of weapons. 
um, you know, say this, if Georgia can run the ball, it limits that offense to sit on the sideline and we'll see what happens. But Georgia's got to run the ball and they got to be good on third downs. Yep. What you got, man? This is a game that's, I mean, really, Georgia's going to have to lean heavily on its skill players. I mean, they're going to have to make some big plays, uh, explosive plays. And obviously, it, it does come down to, to minimizing the turnovers. They cannot turn the ball over as many times as they have the last two games and think they're going to come out with a win in Jacksonville. And so I think you can't put it all on George Pickens being healthy this week, but it definitely would give them, it would definitely give them a big boost. Uh, this is one of those games where I think field position, you're going to have to win the field position battle. And obviously that uh, that's kind of a, that's great news for Georgia with Jake Camarda. And also I just got to give uh, Camarda some credit. Not only is he, you know, just still continuously crushing the ball, but correct me if I'm wrong, but on that block field goal, he's the one that made that tackle um, on the block field goal to kind of save. He, he, he was, was that field goal even blocked? I thought it was just scooped off the ground, but it could have been blocked. I, I didn't even know if they could have actually even been it returning awfully, it. It was awfully low, and it was a heck of a play by Kermada. Uh, and he, yeah. he, I touched what Kip's saying. He, he's had a fantastic year after being very, very inconsistent. Number 90 has played some ball for Georgia this year. No doubt. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not sure, but he reacted to that ball. And, I mean, it's you, not, you never know what's going to happen. But, I mean, again – it still it still saved a tough situation for his teammates. I mean, uh, I know I think that uh, I think Justin Schaefer kind of shuffled over there to get kind of a good angle as well. But uh, he's gonna be he's probably gonna be important this game. And you know everyone's gonna point to quarterback, and obviously that that's a huge decision for Kirby Smart. I mean, I think at this point we're just gonna continue to see what what Stetson Bennett can give them, but. I mean, this is a game that everyone talked about heading into the season. You know, some people kind of scoffed it off because Georgia's roster was still seen as kind of the superior one. But, I mean, the the it shows you how quickly kind of injuries can kind of take effect and, and kind of change uh, some momentum right now that, you know, the trends don't really necessarily favor Georgia right in this game because of everything that's kind of happened in the last couple of days. But, you know, without a couple of guys as far as uh, run stoppers and, and Jordan Davis and, and even, you know, Richard LeCount, I think uh, he was always a guy that just found the football. And, you know, whether or not he's the strongest tackler in the world, it it's, remains up for the debate. You know, sometimes he's really kind of lowering the shoulder. Sometimes, you know, it's he gets there and, and, and might need help to bring the ball carrier down. But he does – he's always been a guy who has kept the opposing offense from, from making a, a big play. He's the big play stopper for Georgia's defense. And so that's going to need to be someone else this week. So – you know, at Florida has some things in their favor heading into this week. So, I mean, this is setting up, again, to be one of those uh, narrative games. You know, which way is Georgia trending right now? And, you know, the last three years, the game kind of set up similarly, and Georgia was able to show there's still that, that team in the East. And this is uh, – even though it's because of injuries – this is shaping up to be that that game again, and unfortunately, it, it 
all the emphasis gets put at one position, but in this case, it's it's going to be put on that position and, and what Georgia does at quarterback. And I think that, again, the key to this game is not giving Florida more possessions than what they're already going to have. You looked at the Kentucky game. I mean, there weren't a lot of possessions to go around, and, and, and that worked to Georgia's favor in the end. And I think that that's exactly what needs to happen this time is you don't need to give the opponent more possessions than what they're already going to have. And – with the rest of what Georgia has, if you're able to, you know, have another strong running game and do the best you can to, to limit Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony from, from making explosive plays. I mean, Georgia still has a chance to come out with a win, but you, you got to play smart with the football. You just can't turn it over. And we'll dig into more of those uh, keys for the game uh, when we come back to you guys later this week, and we'll have a full breakdown then, predictions, all of that stuff. But as I mentioned earlier, as surprising as it may be, Georgia's a five-point favorite in some places, four and a half in others. I'm sure that was with the defensive injuries um, in mind. And, and, you know, Florida's got a situation that's got to be navigated through this week with the SEC looking at their halftime brawl against uh, – I wouldn't call it a brawl. That's probably a little bit strong, but a little halftime fisticuffs there with uh, Missouri and uh, kind of see how that plays out. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be an interesting week. And, uh, you know, the players have off on Tuesday. All players for every single team in the country, every single sport in the country, in, in NCAA football, uh, sorry, in the NCAA athletics, has uh, has the day off for, for the election. So, uh, you know, Georgia's going to basically hold a Tuesday practice today. They practiced last night, uh, Sunday night, and uh, they'll get back to work on Wednesday as a regular work week, and everything will be good to go from there. We'll only get Kirby Smart one time this week since there's no media availability on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll have it all covered for you, man. Who's getting the first team reps? Come on over to Dogs 24-7. Um, that's, that's news. You know, the, the scoop we get from practice is for our subscribers and our subscribers only. And, uh, and But you'll be able to read it if you come join us, and we'd love to be able to have you. But uh, for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. And you all take it easy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.